the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. From the heart of New York City and the tri-state area to the most active real estate hotspots across America. Keeping you plugged in to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news and legal developments to everything you need to know about buying or selling a property. Benefited by the advice of the experts. Now, here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. We're back, and as I promised you, I am thrilled to have Daryl Hoffenheitz, who is uh, the editor of the special edition of the Palm Beach Daily News, or the people around Palm Beach in Florida, known as the Shiny Sheet, that's been around since 1894, and I don't know anybody here that doesn't read it, Um, and I... um, I'm actually in Palm Beach right now, and I would say that I was very responsible for opening a lot of the offices, especially in Palm Beach, and I think it's great. So I'd love you to tell us what's going on and what you are seeing, um, prices, and I know West Palm Beach is coming in, and of course, um, Miami was always Miami, but I think that this is kind of a reef. I mean, I think what's going on here is like a whole... Another deal. So why don't you tell us what's going on? Uh, because we have so many East Coasters here, if not all full-time, because you can do remote work now. They're, they're living in both places. You're right. You're right, uh, Dottie. You know, Palm Beach, uh, Florida, uh, and um, I write about real estate for the shiny sheet and have for 20 years. Uh, Palm Beach and New York um, and the whole tri-state area up there have always shared this special relationship. And in the old days, and this is not a slam in New York, believe me, but in the old days, it sort of went as New York went, goes the Hamptons, goes Palm right. Beach. And now often what we're seeing is as Palm Beach goes, goes New York, goes the Hamptons. So the, the, it, we really have shifted. Uh, the pandemic really focused a lot of attention on Palm Beach in a way that had never happened before. I used to be the only game in town who was ever writing about Palm Beach real estate. Now the Wall Street Journal, Barron's, um, uh, the New York Times, um, Forbes, um, Bloomberg, they regularly cover Palm Beach real estate simply because it's the place to be. We've attracted so many um, New Yorkers and other power players uh, in the country down here during the pandemic. And as you put it, uh, remote work has uh, made their lives uh, much easier to do their uh, business from Palm Beach uh, while still maintaining strong contact. And as you know, uh, flying uh, from New York to Palm Beach, you step off the airport, I mean, after the plane, you're 20 minutes or maybe at the most 25 before you're in your front door. So, you know. It's the best it's, airport. It's the best it, airport. It is, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, Palm Beach International is amazing. And so that convenience to the airport, uh, the convenience to getting back and forth to New York, 
uh, our weather, although we had some pretty dreary weather over the past month. But I am glad I'm not in New York, and aren't you glad you're not in New York right now as far as the weather goes? Oh, uh, I know. You know. Uh, that snow is, is crazy. So, you know, we're uh, Palm Beach has always been well positioned to do well in real estate. We've never not uh, had uh, increases in value in Palm Beach. And um, it really is an outlying market. But some of the trends that we're seeing elsewhere in the country, and as you put it, that we're now a region, you know, for a long time, South Florida, which is the area from, let's say, uh, South Miami all the way up to um, um, Palm Beach County, um, which includes Broward as well. You know, a long time, a lot of times, for a long time, that area was just sort of everybody did their own thing. Now, since so many more people know about South Florida, Miami, uh, Broward, and Palm Beach really do, um, you know, reflect one another and, and talk more to one another. We have a lot of folks who, who helicopter regularly from um, um, Miami into Palm Beach and back and forth, especially when they're looking for homes. So, um, you know, and this is obviously an affluent uh, ultra affluent market that we're talking about, um, you know, as, as far as people having the resources to um, fly in, look at a property, maybe fly to Miami or, or helicopter there, um, you know, um, look down there, decide where they want to be, and sometimes choose two homes, one in Miami and then a Pied-a-Terre or something like that in Palm Beach. Um, and so where we are right now with the market is, um, as you know, almost everywhere, um, we have tight inventory. Uh, the I... pandemic the pandemic just really um, slammed our inventory. People uh, from New York and elsewhere just, uh, uh, you know, came to Florida, uh, specifically Palm Beach. They uh, just ripped through inventory, and we're only now beginning to recover. Uh, but we're still far behind where we were uh, with uh, homes available and condominiums available uh, than where we were before the pandemic started. Uh, so there's some uh, there's some recovery going on right now. People want to be here, but whether they'll find what they're looking for is is really a tough t- tough gig. Do you see that? Do you see that? Open. I mean, I just from what I see, I don't see that really changing in a big big way yet. Um, I think it's tight. It is. I just, you know, it's interesting. I just see a lot of uh, development going on. A lot of development, especially in West Palm Beach, which is directly what we call. Uh, if you're in Palm Beach, uh, you're either across the bridge to West right. Palm Beach, or sometimes uh, in a little more snobby way, you, you you go to the continent by crossing the bridge. But uh, you know, West Palm Beach is just really exploded with growth. Uh, the related group. Uh, headed by Steve Ross, obviously, New Yorkers know who that is. Um, I'm sorry, the related companies, not the related group, the related companies headed by Steve Ross, who lives in Palm Beach, has really taken um, uh, downtown West Palm Beach by storm. New towers are going up, new residential towers, new office space. Uh, the the dining scene in West Palm Beach is, is about as good as it gets in South Florida. In many ways, uh, it's rivaled only by Miami. Uh, at this point, and um, so so a lot of you know corporate folks from up north uh, looking at tax advantages um, have moved their um, companies into West Palm Beach or into downtown Miami, and um, as a result, they've got to put those CEO uh, CEOs somewhere, but they've also got to put a lot of executives. 
and um, and mid-managed uh, level people into homes. And so uh, that has obviously created, uh, uh, helped create this tight market, but it's also spurred development. Uh, older golf courses uh, in West Palm Beach and other parts of Palm Beach County and South Florida are being turned into housing developments, uh, you know, just at the time, unfortunately, when a lot of those uh, CEOs and, and their workers are looking for golf. So, it's, you know, uh, but, but there's always a trade-off, and, and Florida has always been about uh, buying and selling land and redeveloping it. It's, it, it's what we uh, have always based our, our entire state on, you know, and so that's where it is. And what's happening, I'll, I will tell you a little bit. Um, about the numbers in Palm Beach, um, we're up to, uh, up, you know, upper 90s uh, in the MLS for the number of listings uh, right now for single-family homes and townhouses. Last year, we were about 75 right now at uh, the same period. And then the year before that, there were only 45 townhouses wow. and single-family homes. So we, we have stepped up, but What's happening there is finding oceanfront property is is very difficult in Palm Beach still. Finding better quality, newer or newly renovated properties can be very tough. Um, so, so the market is still not uh, uh, not providing necessarily what buyers uh, really want, and so a lot of people choose something that isn't their dream home, hoping that that if they're in it. Uh, you know, for a while, then they'll be able to strike while the iron is hot and the property comes onto the market that they're, uh, that, that better suits their needs. Yes, but it, it, it's tight and I think it's going to remain tight. I don't see it, uh, I don't see it, you know, obviously everything is a negotiation. Um, so I think you can at least negotiate, but I remember coming to Florida. When the pandemic hit, because a friend of mine in Palm Beach, because I knew everybody here, I opened the offices, said, I can get you the vaccination if you'll be in Palm Beach in like two weeks. I mean, in two days. And I did. And um, I've been in, I, I don't, and I've been here probably, uh, maybe, a, I would be here every, like, like three or four weeks in the year, every year for the last 10 years. But then when the pandemic came, it was just so much easier to be in Florida. I mean, it just, New York was really hit very hard. And, and I'm not saying that Florida wasn't, but the rules were very strict. I mean, you could have a sick mother upstairs and, you know, with the density and the public transportation, it was just tough. So I think a lot of people came here during the pandemic and stayed here because you couldn't work. You couldn't go back to work and then learned how to do remote and, you know, we all do Zoom now. And, uh, right. you know, and I think so. What I think that's done is created a whole other trend where people, you know, it's not a long flight from any of the Northeast, you know. And um, I think that people, because of remote work, and I don't say that I think that it'll be like every day, I think, but they can spend longer time in two places. And so I think that's really also part of it. And, of course, the income tax. Absolutely. Tax advantages uh, remain uh, one of the top three draws, uh, security, uh, beauty, tax advantages. And I will say one thing that's interesting about that migration you're talking about from the, from the Northeast into Florida, what we saw is that 
there were a lot of younger families who had basically spent a week here with their folks or grandfolks, right. um, maybe staying at the breakers during all those years. What they did in pandemic, they were suddenly spending six weeks and sometimes two months and maybe three months. They saw the, they saw a side of Palm Beach that they had never seen before. They had walked the beach at sunrise. They had had um, you know dinner with friends. Their kids played in the street because it was safe. Um, you know they they enjoyed the sunsets over the intracoastal waterway. They just enjoyed the really relaxed and resort-like quality that Palm Beach offers, and it really changed their view. They stopped looking at Palm Beach as sort of a retirement community where their grandparents or parents might buy a home, and they instead say, saw, wow, if we really do crunch the numbers and look at what we're paying for and for what we're getting in New York, and we can have a nice area with either a large patio or a large balcony if you're in a condo, in, in in Palm Beach, um, then then a lot of folks did that. They they just they just they just pulled the trigger and jumped and bought here if they, if there was anything to buy. And that's why that's why we're still recovering, as you say, with this tight market. Um, and I don't see it really. Uh, you know, there's no re- there's an old adage in Palm Beach you probably know well, and that is um, no one has to sell anything in Palm Beach unless they want to. <laughs> And if they have to sell, then something else is going on in their life, you know. So, so uh, prying properties out of people who are lucky enough to have them here can be a really tough thing. Yeah, that's a hard right. one. But, you know, I was reading an article, and I think this is so true. When I was young, um, you know, I thought of Palm Beach. I mean, I would go to Miami, and I would go, you know, I think Ian had started that whole trend with boutique uh, hotels with the additions. And um, I didn't think about Palm Beach because, you know, the cliche was it's old and it's just retired people and all, you know. And I, I just read an article, but I'm here, uh, not, you know, not full time, but I'm here a lot. And uh, it was saying this is the old Palm Beach and the new Palm Beach, it's young. There's young people all over the place. The restaurants are young. Okay, there are people 20s and 30s. I mean, it's really, and I was reading an article, and maybe you could um, comment on this. It was saying the old Palm Beach, like the people that have been here for like 30 or 40 or 50 years, you know, they wanted to stay maybe the way it was. And the younger people, hey, you know what? This is Palm Beach. We want to have our little restaurants with some music and uh and 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 half the restaurants in the city are now in in, in West Palm. I mean, absolutely. Um, it's not and, and it's not it. old. It's not old, that's but right. it was a cliche you're, that. You're exactly right. And what happened is that um, that influx of younger buyers or younger renters has just brought a new sense of energy to Palm Beach. It's also brought a lot more traffic and infrastructure yes. problems, but uh, we have restaurants here that rival the ones in New York often because they are in New York, La Galou and Le Bill Bouquet and... and um, Chipriani's. Uh, absolutely. And then in West Palm Beach, we have, um, you know, chic hotels, boutique hotels, all with wonderful restaurants. Um, it really is, uh, as you put it, the, the, as the, as the, Demographics have changed over the past four years since the pandemic. 
the the, the types of businesses and activities and 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 recreation things that have become um, available to people have have escalated dramatically. And people like Steve Ross at the related companies, or or billionaire Jeff Green who's building towers in West Palm Beach. They see that they 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 understand that this is a market uh, that we can tap into and provide services for and 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 sort of celebrate. But as you know, Dottie, change is not easy, and for a lot of people in Palm Beach, it's hard, especially if they really expected a nice, quiet retirement with very little traffic. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> they are not seeing that right now, you know. So, oh, I kind of, uh, you know, maybe it's, it's, it's my opinion, but I think you get old fast if you're with all people of the same age. I think it's great. And I'll tell you the truth. When I saw Steve Ross and the related companies buying half of West Palm, and I knew that a couple of years back, I said, that's it. That's that's the new play. They bought so much of it up. And, right. um, of course, I didn't buy, Okay. And I should have, okay, because I knew it. I didn't either. I didn't either, Dottie. <laughs> but it's really yeah, quite amazing. And I, and I, when I talk to people who say, "Well, Palm Beach," and I'm like, "You, you don't understand. It's young. Uh, There's just as many young people here, and the restaurants." Uh, are great, and then West Palm is five minutes away, so it's right here. Of course, I don't put anything on. Miami's still Miami, and South Beach is still South Beach. But I think this is really developing to be another real hub. And and also we have Brightline, which is our high speed rail line to Miami. I mean, you can uh, you can get on Brightline. You can be in Miami in uh, with very few stops, very quickly. Spend the day in Miami, or if you keep a car down there, or whatever it is, or, or Uber everywhere, and then come back to Palm Beach, or vice versa. So so this idea that Miami was always you know, sort of, unless you had a lot of money, it, it was always a drive. Uh, it, it's just not anymore. So uh, that helped with that, that those folks who really want that uh, cosmopolitan, um, 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 you know, um, Latin feel that Miami offers, you can get that in, in, in an hour and a half to Miami now, um, almost. And uh, whereas Palm Beach offers, you know, what Palm Beach has always offered, a, a, a little more relaxed and uh, resort-like feel. Uh, I think a lot of people feel, even if they own homes here, that they're still very much on vacation when they're in Palm Beach. And that's why it's hard to place here uh, and probably will continue. To, well, this to is my there. opinion. Look, I am so I'm very loyal to New York and I... Uh, you know, I really, you know, think they went through a lot. They went through a and lot. I think they, you know, I so um, but I have to tell you, if you know, with pan, with 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 remote work, um, and you don't have to buy a mansion. I mean, you know, you can find things that are affordable. Uh, you you just have to look, okay? Right. Uh, but but you know, look when you think Palm Beach. Let's face it, the average home in Palm Beach sells for what? Wow. Yeah, well, you know, multi-millions, unless you're buying a, a very small, tiny condo on the south end, you're going to be paying, you know, um, right now, the entry point seems to be, if you're on the north end in Palm Beach, you're going to pay probably seven to eight to nine million dollars for a house at the bare minimum, and that's going to require some work. Right. 
and there is one rental building in Palm Beach, and but there's a lot of opportunity. And you know what, Daryl? I think there's so much more we could talk about that I would love you to come back on the show uh, because really people do want to know about it, and there's so much to say that I can't get it all in a half an hour. But how do we get the daily sheet if we want to subscribe to it? How do people do that? Can they go? The fun Feel like you're trying to push a boulder uphill, wearing skates? If you run or manage a local business today, you're challenged like never before. We get it, and we want to help. We're Salem Surround, and when it comes to marketing, consider us your personal move-you-forward company. In a recent study, we found that 53% of local businesses were classified as novices when it came to designing, implementing, and managing their marketing needs. And that's where Salem Surround truly shines. We're a full-service marketing agency that'll help you increase your customer base by designing incredibly effective plans to reach your consumers day, night, and everywhere they might be. Let us give you an absolutely free audit of your current marketing and what your competition is doing. Our digital sales and support teams are the best in the industry and deliver customized personal service that's second to none. If you're a local business and ready for the next step, Google Salem Surround New York right now. Our experts are ready to help you take your marketing to the next level. Google Salem Surround New York today. Hi, it's Arthur Idala. I've been talking about the court reporting program at Plaza College for some time now. Well, Plaza College has been around since 1916, and not only do they have the School of Court Reporting, but they have four other schools of study, including their new School of Nursing. The Accelerated Bachelor of Science in Nursing program can be completed in just 16 months. And I'd like to offer congratulations to the first graduating cohort of nursing students. This first cohort began with 20 students, and 18 successfully completed the program. What an accomplishment. Plaza also has a dental hygiene program with a 20-chair community clinic. Students work on live patients under the supervision of a dentist. It's an incredible experience. For additional information regarding the programs I mentioned or Plaza's other areas of study, like their School of Business and Paralegal Studies or their School of Allied Health, email info at plazacollege.edu. Info at plazacollege.edu. That's info at P-L-A-Z-A college.edu. This is Joe Piscopo. The following is a medical minute sponsored by my friends at InfuCare RX. InfuCareRx.com. Improving quality of life one patient at a time. Is your audience aware that a wide range of infusion therapies may be covered under your Part D or Part B Medicare benefit? Some of the therapies that may be included are immunoglobulin, otherwise known as IVIG, and subcutaneous IG, antibiotics, parental nutrition, and even specialty injectables and infusibles. InfuCare RX has a knowledgeable and extensively experienced benefit management team who are here to assist you with all your needs. If you receive infusion therapy, it may be done in the convenience of your home. InfuCare RX also accepts most commercial insurances, PBM plans, and Medicaid. InfuCare RX is a nationwide full-service home infusion therapy provider. This Medical Minute is sponsored by InfuCare RX, and the information, comments, or views expressed by the guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views of InfuCare RX. Please consult your medical professional for any medical questions, opinions, or guidance. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information, here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the Vice Chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. We're back. And I think we've had such an interesting show. And since we talked about Palm Beach, there's no way I would let us get away without talking about 
my hometown, New York City, and uh, there's no one better than the president and CEO of New York City in the northeast region of Douglas Elliman, Richard Ferrari. Good afternoon, Richard. Good afternoon, Dottie. How are you? We had well, snow in New York last night. Oh, I know. And do you know who I ran into last night? Your second I cousins? <laughs> so it's... Always a small New York world, any way you look at it. I know. I'll go, oh, my God, I love Richard. He's the best. I, yeah. And he's the best CEO, and I love him. We're friends. I, oh, and they, they, we, we love him, too. We're his second cousins. I was like, oh, my God, what a small world it is. Small world. Right. How are you? How's, how's the weather in Palm Beach? Well, I, I would say that in January there was no sun. Uh, but it's back, but I'm going to be flying back to New York soon. And, you know, look, I was just saying to the one of the writers for uh, the shiny sheet in Palm Beach, you know, with remote work, uh, not that I think it's going to go to like you can work out of your home every day, but with people having a little more time, I think that really helps the second market a little bit, like if you have second homes because you can spend more time there. And I feel I see... A lot of New Yorkers and New Jersey people, people that sometimes go back and forth. Um, they might have a small place here or maybe a small place in New York. But I, I think both of them are really major places. And the people have things in common, you know. I mean, related, when they bought up half of West Palm Beach, I knew what was going to happen, and I see all the restaurants that are in the city now coming to West Palm. So Correct. it's kind of, yeah. yeah. So, but there was some very big sales in, in the beginning of the show, I talked about some of the big sales in, in, in the city and um, how really there's no inventory and the rentals hit an all-time high and I think they're like, we really have a problem with housing because people want to move there and there's just no housing. The, the rentals were down to, like it said, dangerous. Like I think uh, 1%, it was like everything was rented. So why don't you are there? Uh, we talked a little, give us a little summary about New York and some of the states that you work with, with you know, Jersey and right. so Connecticut. I, I work. You know, I run New Jersey, New York City, which includes Brooklyn, the Bronx, part of Queens, and naturally Manhattan. Uh, and we actually do some business on Staten Island. We don't have an office on Staten Island, but we do do business. I actually just hired yesterday, uh, gave the okay for a broker who wants to be an element broker, doesn't need an office, but he's a uh, one of Staten Island's top agents. And, you know, it's you know, so we basically five boroughs, most of New Jersey, southern Connecticut, all of Westchester, and Massachusetts now were one, two, three offices in Boston, one in Wellesley, and one in Nantucket. Uh, but we're expanding in Massachusetts. But the interesting thing is the suburban markets are all very similar. Zero inventory. The second home market is inventory is at least 50% down from what it was pre-COVID. Uh, the urban markets have some inventory, and that's why we're excited in New York City right now, because we're seeing 
a lot of activity. Activity really increased in December when the Fed said interest rates are going to be coming down. Might not be till the third quarter, but here's the key. You can buy now and refinance. Uh, Compared to wait till rates come down and it's going to be that much tougher to buy in Manhattan because there'll be more competition. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. And we're estimating, Jonathan Miller, our uh, economist, and you know him very well, on Thursday, you know, spoke to my sales directors and basically said, you know, once interest rates come down, prices in Manhattan will shoot up. We're not talking 10 or 20 percent, but we're talking, you know, 3 percent, 4 percent on a million dollars is 30 or 40 thousand dollars. Um, either way, prices are expected to be rising in Manhattan this year. We're excited. Uh, we're going to have a great year. Yes, and New- and really, New York got hard hit. And I just think it's absolutely incredible, not that they don't have more work to do, how really quickly they really came back. And I, in the beginning of the show, I talked at the rents, hit a median price of 4,150 per square foot, which is the highest ever on record. Okay? Highest on record. Okay. uh, And then I I went through some of the sales. Oh, I think one of the... Is it the penthouse of the plaza? Uh, Downtown Manhattan had nearly... Mostly newly signed leases and the highest median rental price at 4579 So people want it, okay? And uh, I think during the pandemic, a lot of people left because of the density there. And New York was pretty tough. I mean, during the pandemic, when I came down to Florida, somebody said, oh, I'll get you the vaccine if you can get to Florida, like, in three days. So I, I came here. And... You know, New York was very diligent, and uh, and they should be because of the density. If your mother was in, a, you know, an apartment, you couldn't even go up and see her. I mean, they were tough, so it was a little yeah. looser here, and people came here. But then they missed their families, and a lot of people, a lot of people came back. But I was reading, so tell me that for young people who want to be in the city, the problem really is housing. We don't have enough of it. There's not enough of it. There's definitely a shortage of housing in Manhattan and now Brooklyn. Brooklyn is more expensive than half of the island of Manhattan right now. Uh, Brooklyn is more expensive on whole certain neighborhoods in Brooklyn, I should say, than the Upper East Side is. Uh, Because what took place was, and you said it, the post-college, the 20-year-olds, the early 30-year-olds that wanted to live in the city, uh, they might be working in Manhattan, but... They're working two days a week from home, in uh, almost on an average, and um, they flooded to Brooklyn. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, Brooklyn rents are through the roof. There's a scarcity. Manhattan rents are through the roof. There's a scarcity. It's um, there's a shortage of housing. It's it's there's no question about it. Okay. So in knowing all that, okay, because there definitely is, and and. You said Brooklyn. Listing inventory fell year over year for the first time in five months. Okay. And the uh, median rent was $3,500. 
And uh, it's hard for you to expand. I tell people, don't get confused when they say there's less sales or there's less rentals. It's not that there's not the demand. It's just that there's not inventory to buy. If there was inventory, I think that we'd have God knows how many sales. So what would your advice be to somebody who would like to purchase? And, um, you know, it's, it's competitive, it's tough, and you certainly want to go to a broker that knows their stuff. And Douglas Elliman, look, in my book, they're number one and they are number one. Uh, what would you suggest the way to go about it? You know, find a broker that your personalities connect, but make sure the broker has the knowledge to be the broker that you want. You can work with somebody who you like, but if they're not experienced enough, and I don't mean experienced enough in time as an agent, experienced enough in the knowledge that it takes to be an agent. An agent obviously has to be a salesperson, but they have to know what they're selling. And what we do with Douglas Elliman Agents is, right now, the key is knowledge. Learn your markets, learn the surrounding markets. Because a buyer or a renter who says they want Brooklyn Heights may end up in Greenwich Village. Or a buyer that says they want Park Slope may end up in Bensonhurst. You don't know where they're going to end up. So the key is knowledge. That's the key to an agent right now. An element because of our size and the tools, you know, and actually the sales director staff, we have the knowledge. I was out with friends for dinner last night, and they were amazed how I didn't have to look at my computer to know what's for sale in a certain building. I didn't have to look at my phone to be able to describe a certain building. And I said, that's the sign of a good agent. And that's what you'll find in general with an element agent. That's what we're stressing. Find an agent. Don't let interest rates hold you back. The stress of not having the home that you want sometimes isn't worth the cost that a higher interest rate is right now on a mortgage. But the real key is a year from now when rates hopefully are in the mid fives, and you already purchased, you can refinance, and you're fine. Instead of you don't have your home, and it's, it's just even tougher to buy because interest rates are lowered. Richard, you just so stay on, on the today. line. We're going to be back after a short break. I have a lot more to ask you. Um, we're talking about Manhattan, Long Island, Jersey, Connecticut, the tri-state. What's going on? And some tips to have, whether you're selling or buying, some tips to make your experience better and the best it can be. And as I said, don't wait till the spring if you're out there. If you're going to put your house on the market or your apartment, do it now. We'll be right back with Richard Ferrari after this quick commercial break. Unity.
Unity Bank is dedicated to community-oriented banking and offers a full range of services, including business and personal accounts, business loans, and mortgages. Unity has locations throughout New Jersey and in Lehigh Valley, Pennsylvania, expanding its footprint to 21 retail locations. Grow your savings with their great CD specials. Visit unitybank.com to find out more. Unity Bank is also a great place to work. As Unity Bank President and CEO James Hughes says, the people make Unity Bank a great place to work. We give our employees an opportunity to grow. At Unity Bank, there are no excess layers of bureaucracy as found at Goliath-sized banks. All employees have full access to management with encouragement to make decisions and grow their careers. Visit unitybank.com. That's unitybank.com for current CD and savings specials. They are FDIC insured, an equal opportunity employer, and an equal housing lender. Unity Bank, growing with you. Welcome to Invite Health President's Day Sale. The sale is on now. Buy two bottles of any Invite Health product and receive 40% off retail. That's buy two bottles, get 40% off retail. Here's the number and write it down because you can speak with an Invite nutritionist seven days a week. 800-673-2345. That number for Invite, 800-673-2345. Listen to past shows and informative podcasts all at invitehealth.com. Visit invitehealth.com for our retail locations and to set up a free nutritional consultation in person by phone. Take advantage of Invite's limited time 40% off President's Day sale. Contact Invite at 800-673-2345. That number again, 800-673-2345. That number again, 800-673-2345. Invite Health. Get healthy, stay healthy. Hey, Joe Piscopo here. If you need a Cadillac, you got to see my good friend Bill Camastro at Gold Coast Cadillac, awarded Cadillac Dealer of the Year 27 times. Bill's team is the gold standard of customer service from start to finish. It's first class all the way. Speaking of service, are you part of the Gold Club yet? Bill takes care of you, your family, your friends with the Gold Coast Cadillac Gold Club. Sign up online at goldcoastcadillac.com for service benefits that you can share with friends and family, even if they didn't buy from Gold Coast. Gold Coast is getting even bigger and better with its brand new service facility expected to be completed by early 2024. Gold Coast Cadillac in Oakhurst, New Jersey. Bill took care of me and he's going to take care of you too. Shop goldcoastcadillac.com or call Bill directly at 845-568-7336. Shop goldcoastcadillac.com or call Bill directly at 845-568-7336. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. We're with uh, the CEO of New York City and the Northeast region of Douglas Elliman, Richard Ferrari, and a very close friend of mine in addition to that. Uh, we're talking about the markets in the Northeast, and uh, I... I was telling everyone, you know, don't don't be confused and wait. If you're thinking, I think right now, if you have, if you're thinking of selling, you should put your home on the market. I think I don't think you should wait till the spring. I think you should do it now, um, but because it's tight and the crowds will. There's so many buyers on the sidelines that are just waiting, and there's such a thing as a. Uh, 
you know, a herd mentality that, you know, people will try to be in the spring. So I think you have a little less competition now. Um, so I think it's a perfect time to be out there looking. And remember, if you're a seller, if somebody's out there in a snowstorm looking for a home, you can account that they're serious. Um, but Richard, if I go back, and I, and I remember my basic sales training when I was out of my 20s, and they said, oh, there's a close, and you should take a piece of paper, and on one side put must-haves. These are the things I must have in a rental or a sale. These are the, and then the other side, these are what I'd like to have, but I don't have to have, because you're not going to find everything. Okay, and then go to a good broker, and you have to move. And I remember calling clients and saying, listen, something just came on the market. It's not even out yet. It'll be on the market. You just got to come and look at it, whether you like it or not, but you got to be there. What advice would you give to buyers and sellers, regardless of where they're buying in the Northeast? Uh, You hit it on the nose, Dottie. Put your top ten you know, your top 10 wish list together as a buyer. Now, if you're sticking to that top 10, you're never buying, okay? But if you're flexible and you're going to go 7 out of 10, 6 out of 10, you're going to buy a place or rent a place. Uh, This morning, a friend of mine who's a doctor in Manhattan calls and says, my niece still hasn't found a a, a nine-room apartment on the Upper East Side. I said, that's because she doesn't want to buy one right now because they're there and she's not being flexible. Dottie, you hit it on the nose. You have your wish list. Be flexible, and you'll buy. If you're a seller right now, don't wait till the spring market. We're already February 17th. We're in the spring market. Walk through your home, whether it's a house or an apartment, as a buyer. See what a buyer would see that's wrong with it. That's only going to bring the price down a little. Get it cleaned up, get it painted, get it fixed now. So when a buyer walks through, they're not seeing what you saw as a buyer walking through it two weeks ago. You know what, Richard? Great minds think alike because I used to always tell the sellers, you know what? The houses that said that what's on the market that's in your price range in your area is your competition. So why don't you get in the car and we'll show you what your competition is. Okay. Because that's your competition. And, you know, it's just like when you go for a job interview, you want to look your best. I don't tell anyone to go renovate their whole property. But take out that excess furniture you don't need. Make, you know, paint the walls to a neutral color. If you have old rugs that are not great, go through the hardwood floors. I mean, there are things that you can do that really, really don't cost a lot of money and really make a difference. And sometimes I would be shocked to see how people put their homes on the market. And I said, well, they're going to get so much more money if they just do a little bit. Uh, so when you're giving advice to buyers, would you also tell them when the broker calls you that something just came out, they need to like be on top of it and be there and see it, even if it's not what they end up liking? 100%. Go out and look. You know, Sunday, you know, you know I have a, I've had a house for a long time in Sac Harbor, and I don't broker, but I do go to open houses because that's what's in my blood. I saw a house on the market on Sunday that, to me, was the best value in a year and a half or two years in Sac Harbor. 
I called four friends that I know are looking for houses in Sack Harbor. Two of them are looking at it today. They drove out and they weren't going to look at it. But when your broker says, look at it, look at it, because your broker knows best. And the reality is, I don't like to use the cliche that buyers are liars because they're not intentionally (laughs) different. But a buyer that says they want the West Village, I've sold someone that says they want the West Village, and I've sold them in the East Village. I've sold them in Soho. And the reason they steered, not steered away, the reason they moved their, you know, West Village wish list to somewhere else was because the product that they saw, they fell in love with it. And again, it's the compromise. Uh, But Dottie, remember, we worked together for a long time. I learned a lot from you. Not that we're close in age, but that doesn't mean you don't learn from someone your same age because everyone has had a different experience in our industry. I learned today from 25-year-olds, and I still learn today from 80-year-olds. Uh, but great minds think alike. We, you know, we work together. Uh, you are the first, basically, Mon- Man- Manhattan to Montauk. You know, you, you knew yeah, how well, to- I saw it. I saw yeah. it, but I also saw that, you know, sometimes people took too long, um, and I think in a tight market, and we are in a tight market now. There's not a lot of inventory, and it's work to, to, to just go out there and keep on looking, but you need to do that. You just, and if you're a seller, like don't have a herd mentality. And if I think now is an ideal time to put your home or your condo or your co-op on the market because there are so many buyers in the wings. And we have an election year. A lot of people with the interest rates, they kind of stood on the sidelines, which, listen, when I, I tell everyone, so they're probably sick of hearing me say this. My first house, I think I paid 15.5% interest rate. And they didn't give you a commitment. And, and I, I, you know what? I refinanced it, but I bought. You have to get in the game. And if you wait sure. till everything is perfect and you have every single requirement, I'll never forget in my first job in real estate, there was a picture on the wall that they had, it was an old man and an old woman all crunched over like, you know, still waiting to find the house of their dreams. But now they're 90, okay? So you've got to compromise. And don't you think Brooklyn really became so big because it got very high in, in Manhattan and then people said, okay, you know, I might as well move to Brooklyn or then Long Island City. Those really were outskirts of prices years ago in Manhattan. I mean, that's because when I was a kid, my grandparents and everyone lived in Brooklyn. They moved all to the suburbs. And then Manhattan got so got high, and then Brooklyn became an offshoot, and it was still neighborhoody, and it was still like some of the old neighborhoods in Manhattan. So, um, and now Queens is getting crazy. So, uh, and as far as I'm concerned, I don't, I'm not in agree of these flip shows that you can uh, flip a house and make millions in a day. I'm not saying it's not possible, but it's, if you want the best long-term investment in my mind, if you buy right in real estate, and as long as you don't have to sell, you know, when they talk about 2007 and 2008, I think that was the recession, 
You didn't get hurt if you bought a house and didn't sell it. The only people that got hurt were people that bought at the height of the market and had to sell it, like Correct. within the next year. But people that bought already and stayed put, they made plenty of money. Oh, yeah. No, you are right about that. You know, you buy real estate when nobody wants it. You sell it when everybody wants it. Um, but, you know, right now, Dottie, back to inventory shortages are everywhere. And even in Manhattan, there's an inventory shortage of renovated apartments. So don't let it kid you when somebody says there's no inventory in Manhattan. Renovations are costly and they take time. So the renovated market is totally different from the unrenovated market. The unrenovated market in Manhattan is where most likely you can find the best value. Uh, the renovated market tends to sell really fast. Well, that's a really good tip to tell people so that if, you, if you're willing to wait because, you know, you have to go to the co-op and condo and find out when you can do work and things of that nature. But... That's really good for people to know because if you don't mind waiting, and again, you know, I'm from a different era. Like, you know, I bought my first house and I didn't have money to fix everything up at once. But in those days, you know, hey, you did it over time. And I think that's the same way now. If you're looking for a good deal and you can you can do it over time, you don't have to have it all at once. Uh, obviously, if you have the money to find a perfect place with everything all redone, but that's going to cost. Yeah, what tips uh, would you tell sellers if they want to put their places on the market? Um, make this make it. Don't listen to whether it's an inexperienced broker or a neighbor. Just throw your house on the market. You don't have to do anything to it. There's nothing for sale. Yes, you will sell it, but you'll get more money if you do a partial little cleanup. Cleanup that ne doesn't necessarily cost much. As you said, excess furniture, you know, little bit of painting, do whatever you can to make it look better. That's my advice to a seller right now. Richard, time goes so quick when we're together. You've got to come back, and I'll see you soon. I'll be back in New York very shortly. Love you, love you and thank you love so you much. Thank Can't you. wait. Talk. Talk soon. We'll have dinner. Love you. Bye. And we'll be back next week with more tips and more real estate news. Have a great week, and if you're in the uh, New York area, enjoy the snow. It only comes once or twice a year. The preceding hour of programming paid for by DTHY Realty Incorporated. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.